This podcast has just turned four years old. Hello and welcome to this week's Urgent Bite, brought to you by the Royal New Zealand College of Urgent Care. My name is Guy Melrose and today I wanted to lead on from our chat with Dr Rob about ankle injuries last week and look at some interesting snippets of medical history related to those ankle injuries, whilst also providing some musings on CPD and four years of our podcast. So Dr. Rob talked to us about the high-risk mechanisms for ankle injury, and in particular the forced eversion seen in the snowboarder. So leading on from this, I started to look into some of these injuries that Dr. Rob had mentioned, and I happened across the POTS fracture. It seems that the POTS fracture is an old term for what we would now just call a bimalleolar fracture of the ankle. It's named after Percival Potts, one of the founders of orthopaedics back in the 1700s. It is said that his name was associated with this injury because he himself sustained one when falling off a horse, but it was actually an open fracture of the tib-fib, and he convinced his colleagues not to amputate his leg, instead favouring splinting, and he made a recovery. The POTS fracture is seemingly not an eponym still in common usage, but POTS was known for two other conditions. POTS disease is spinal tuberculosis, and he also proposed the link between occupational exposure to soot for chimney sweeps and scrotal carcinomas. This work on occupational exposure led to the Chimney Sweeps Act of 1788, and this made POTS one of the leading names in epidemiology. Interestingly, the POTS fracture has also been called the Dupuytren's fracture, although the latter often described involvement of the tibiofibular ligament within this injury. But neither names seem to be in common use today, but as POTS' name lives on attached to other conditions, so too does the French surgeon Guillaume Dupuytren, lending his name to the contracture of the hand. He first described the condition and performed the first surgeries. He's also known for the first successful trepanation of a brain abscess and, intriguingly, was responsible for treating Napoleon's hemorrhoids. Despite being a brilliant surgeon, Dupuytren was apparently a bit of a harsh critic of anyone not living up to his standards, particularly students. Jacques Lisfranc, he of the Lisfranc fracture, called Dupuytren the brigand of Hotel Dieu, the hotel being the old hospital in the 4th arrondissement of Paris, and Napoleonic war veteran surgeon Pierre-Francois Percy, whose name features on the Arc de Triomphe, called him first among surgeons, least among men. Ouch. Upon his death, the Musée Dupuytren was established, featuring waxworks of diseased anatomical specimens. The museum closed in 2016 and moved to the campus of a local university where it can be used by students and researchers. When it comes to medicine, and particularly medical education, it has always intrigued me as to why we embrace eponymous diseases and injuries. 
it would seem that pioneer surgeons and physicians of their day enjoyed having their names recorded in the annals of medical history, and that this is probably why most eponyms are from the 17 and 1800s. More modern illnesses tend to be named after areas, like Ebola, or the vector, like swine flu. But one of the reasons that I like a good eponym is that it helps make the illness or injury into a story. I find this makes for a more interesting way to teach, and for me, the information sticks in my mind when I have the association. I've mentioned many, many times how important CPD is for our ongoing medical practice, and there is sometimes pushback from people who might feel that they already know something. Personally, no matter how well I feel I know a particular topic, there is always something missing, or some new bit of information to learn. The only way to identify these is to go back through the topic and refresh the important areas, and for me, approaching a topic from a tangent, such as the historical context of how the condition was discovered, or named, makes that CPD recap more interesting. I find it's a good way to frame the question you might ask yourself when deciding to do some further reading. So in deciding to look a little deeper into what Dr. Rob had been talking about, I simply wanted to know what a POTS fracture is. My reading confirmed that I already knew the important considerations in the form of the bimalleolar fracture, but the history took me on a quick look at the Dupuytren's contracture, spinal TB, and early epidemiology. Now we started this podcast four years ago and have always put something up every Friday without fail. Sometimes they've been longer conversations with experts or slightly off-topic discussions with people associated with urgent care. But for a lot of the time, it has been short little bites like this one. The aim has never been to teach people everything in these bites. Far from it. It has mainly been about finding an excuse to drag a topic back to the front of your memory and flag some of the important information you need to know while directing you to further reading. I am essentially sharing my personal philosophy on CPD and how I try to ask myself questions and find the answers, and I hope that it helps you to find and fulfil your CPD requirements throughout the year. As we move into the fifth year of the podcast, we will continue to be putting out something every week. Finding the time to pull together people, edit and produce the podcast is tricky, but hopefully we can continue to link up with interesting and useful speakers. So if you know someone who would make for an interesting podcast chat, or would like to get involved yourself, do please email podcast at rnzcuc.org.nz. I'm keen to get as many urgent care voices on here as possible. If you're interested in POTS fractures and the history of Dupuytren, all the information I've gathered in my reading around this was actually simply from good old Wikipedia, and there are links in the show notes. We'll be back again next week with another podcast. I look forward to seeing you all then, but for now, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.